0: Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We are so excited that you joined us for today's message by Senior Pastor Gary Hart from Victory Church in Great Falls, Montana. Our prayer is that today's message will inspire you to join us in changing the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. Now here's Pastor Gary. Uh, Well, we've been in a series of messages throughout the month of August, and as we're beginning September, we, we entitled this series, It's Harvest Time, It's Harvest Time, and today we come to the exciting conclusion. It's an exciting conclusion. Come on, turn to the person next to me, I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. Come on, somebody. Right here at Victory, our mission is to change the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. That's what we're all about. Everything that we do here at Victory is intended to change the world by helping people find and follow Jesus. And we invite each and every one of you to embrace. The mission of victory, personally, right? That it's not just our mission, it's my mission. My mission is to change my world by helping people find and follow Jesus. It's our prayer that that would become your mission, that your mission is to change your world by helping people find and follow Jesus. How many of you know you have a world? There's a world that you live in. There are specific people that you interact with on a daily or a weekly basis that have no relationship with Christ, and it's your responsibility to reach your world. Right. Yeah. Smile, everybody. It's going to get better, I promise you. Right? It's okay to smile in church. We like to have fun. God intended for us to have fun and enjoy our experience, Right? So some of you need to inform your faces that you're having fun today. Your pastor will appreciate it, I promise you. Right? But God's called you to change your world. Right? By helping people find and follow Jesus. And in this series of messages so far, we have, we've covered the preeminence of prayer. Right? How that everything begins with prayer. We need to take it in the realm of the spirit before we'll ever get it in the realm of the natural We talked about the power of preparation, how that it's important for us to prepare ourselves to be used by God in the harvest field. A lot of times, the greatest fear we have of evangelism is not knowing what to say. Well, there's a solution. Prepare, right? And so as you prepare, you're ready then. We talked about uh, the proof of proclamation, right? Right? that we're not just proclaiming something, we're proving it by the way that we live. We're demonstrating the life that Christ encouraged us to live. And then last week we talked about the potential of partnership and how that together we are better and we can do infinitely more together than any one of us can do individually. And today I want to conclude this series of messages with one that God just dropped into my spirit as I was finishing last week because I felt like this is so important. I want to talk to you today about the power of promise, or the promise of power. I'm sorry, got that backwards. The promise of power. My message today has three simple points. Are you ready to take notes? Got your notepad out? Got your pen Ready? Here we go. The first point is this. God has promised us power. God has promised us power. Would you turn to the person next to you and just tell them, God has promised us power. As we look at the context of Scripture in its entirety, especially when it comes to the harvest, right, God has given to each and every one of us the promise of his power. In Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, we've, we've heard this scripture before, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." Jesus said, God the Father would send us the promise of his power. You will receive power. Turn to the person next to you and say, you will receive power. See, it's not for other people, it's for you. God's power is for you and he's given you the promise of his power. But he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, right? Amen. Now, this is more than just doing witnessing. It's being Good. a witness. Good. I think it's really interesting. Um, the word power in the Greek language is the word dunamis, dunamis. In Joseph Thayer's Greek lexicon, it's a dictionary of Greek words, defines dunamis as this, strength, power, and ability. You will receive strength, power, and ability. It's an inherent power. Power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts or puts forth. There is a power that is operating on the inside of you, exerting from you because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's the power for performing miracles. I said it's the power for performing miracles. I don't know if you're aware of this today, but the power of God on the inside of you is a miracle working power. God has called us to work miracles, to be miracle workers. Come on, somebody. This is a good news message. Not only that, it's the strength, power, and ability of moral power and excellence of soul. Moral power and excellence of soul. See, it's not just in telling others about Jesus, it's living for Jesus. I love the post that my wife put on this week. She says, walking with the Holy Spirit will never cause you to walk outside of holiness. There is no reason for a child of God to continue to live a life of sin and a departure of the promises and the the pattern of God. Not one. And it's the power of God living on the inside of us that causes us to live our lives with such moral character, moral strength, moral excellence. It's the power of God. It's the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. It's the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. Come on, if you had all the money in the world that you had need of, how differently would you live your life? If finances were never an issue... I didn't say you had all the finances that you need, but the power that you have is a power that is inherent to those who possess riches and wealth. You live your life differently when you know that all of your needs are met. When you're not worried about this and worried about that and panicked about this and panicked about that, right? It's the power and resources arising from numbers. How do you know there's strength in numbers? Come on. If we were to rise up in the numbers that we have, together we are better. Together we can influence more than any one of us individually. If we will all be used by God to flow in this power, the sheer numbers... With which the body of Christ. Have you ever just stopped and scratched your head and said, I wonder what would happen if every Christian on the face of the earth was really about the Father's business? What would happen in the world that we live in? How quickly we could reach the world for Christ? And it's the power consisting and arrest, resting upon armies, forces, or hosts. This is God's promise of power to you, and again, it's not just the power to witness, as in telling others about Jesus, but it's the power to live as a representative of Jesus. We are His ambassadors. We live in the, the, the First John says, "As He is, so are we in this world." You are Jesus representative. You are the most Jesus that a lot of people are ever going to see. And that's the power that God wants to give you so that you can live. It is the power we live by to overcome the attack of the adversary. How many of you know there is a devil? And he doesn't like you very much. Because you're a follower of Christ. So he knows he can't take your salvation, but he does know that he can try and stop your faith. And so attacks come. He, he throws this, he throws that. He, he tries to bring strife, discord, dissension. He tries to bring uh, his, his attack to us, but it, it's the power of God that's living in us that helps us to overcome the attack of the adversary. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 and 11 Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You need his power. And when we stand in his power, not ours, we have the power to overcome every attack of the adversary in our lives. See, you don't have to overcome him with your power. You don't have to overcome him with your wit, with your knowledge, with your ability. You've got to stand in him and in his mighty power, putting on his armor, then you're able to overcome the devil's schemes. It's the power he himself has made available to us, right? And when we stand in his power, he accomplishes great things through us. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians stop reading the scripture there and say, yes, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or even imagine, but it didn't stop there. It said, according to his power that is at work within us, he does his work with his power in us. Again, it's his power that is at work in us. Now, how many of you would like to know the secret to receiving and walking in his power? How many would you like to know the secret? You want to know the secret? Uh, I really don't think you really want to. Know. Do you really want to know? I'm not really convinced. You really you really want to know? Okay, now here's the deal. If I tell you the secret, you now become responsible for the truth that's revealed in the secret and you will no longer have an excuse for a powerless life. You sure you really want to know? You want to know. Do you really want to know? Nate, you want to know? I'm, I'm, not conv- I'm not really convinced you want to know. You want to know? You're all looking at me like, well, I'm not sure I want to know now. <laughs> Here it is. You ready? The pathway to His power I don't know if you really want to know. This is point number two, by the way. The pathway to his power is pursuit. The pathway to his power is pursuit. See, now you're not really sure you wanted to know. Because you see, it does require something of you. You see, Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, look at what, look what Jesus says. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised you, which you heard me speak about. Wait for it. Wait for the gift my Father promised you. What was the promise of the Father? He said, wait for it. Wait for the promise. What was the promise? Luke chapter 24, verse 49. I am going to send you what the Father has promised, but stay Wait in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Wait. Stay. Wait for the power. We we need to position ourselves in a place of waiting on God. Waiting for the endowment of his power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. But you must wait on him. You see now waiting is not just passing time. It's not the act of doing nothing. No, this waiting is... Active. It's actively waiting. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who wait in the New King James verse, this says, those who hope in the Lord. But in the New King James, it says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's those who wait on the Lord. Again, waiting is not passive. It's active. So what did the early church do? What did waiting look like for them? Acts chapter one again, verses 12 and 14. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went into the upstairs room where they, were, uh, where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. Look at this. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. They continued together constantly in prayer. What did their waiting look like? They came into his presence, they sought him. It's interesting. That Jesus, after being baptized in water, and worship team, you can begin to come. I'm almost finished. After being baptized in water, he was led into the wilderness where he fasted and prayed for 40 days. According to Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus went into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. But in verse 14, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. After 40 days, fasting and praying, he went in full of the Holy Spirit. We are spirit-filled believers, right? We're a Holy Spirit church. We believe we're full of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus, after 40 days, of fasting and prayer, return to Jerusalem in the power of the Holy Spirit. The pathway to power is in its pursuit. We pursue him and his power comes to us. I know about you, but I'm aware of a lot of people who call themselves spirit-filled but live with no power in their life. Hello? It's not just saying I'm a spirit-filled Christian. It's walking in His power which can only come through the pathway of pursuit. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, a father brings his demon-possessed son to Jesus' disciples and says, Will you cast out this demon out of my son? And they couldn't do it. So they bring the son to Jesus. Jesus, with a word, casts the demon out. Later on, the disciples come to Jesus and say, Why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we cast out that devil? <laughs> Jesus said, This kind only comes out by prayer prayer and fasting. The context of the scripture comes out by much prayer and fasting. Power comes through pursuit. And now my third point. Are you ready? It's not the pursuit of his power. It's the pursuit of his person and his purpose. It's not the pursuit of his power that we're after. It's the pursuit of his person and his purpose. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek for me with all your heart. It's not a half-hearted pursuit. It's a whole-hearted pursuit of God. See, can, can I can I give you can I give you a truth? Here, here, listen to this. Listen to this. See, God is not just a part of your life. He is your life. See, I don't, I don't, I don't try. I don't try to work God into my schedule. I schedule my life around God. And that's what a lot of Christians don't understand. It's not about having everything you want. And then I've got God over here in, in my little box that whenever I need God, I pull him out. No, my whole world is God. It's about seeking him. It's about seeking his purpose. I think of scriptures like 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It didn't say seek my hand. It says seek my face, seek me. Then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and we'll heal their land. We need to seek after him. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. And whoever comes to him must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, our lives are to be all about him and his purpose and when we're seeking him and his purpose we'll find all the power that we need I love this illustration T.D. Jakes did this illustration one time you see this is what it looks like to wait on God Can I help you? What do you need? I'm here as a waiter to wait on you, God. See, it's not about me, it's about what's your purpose? What do you have for me today? Because when I'm seeking Him and I'm seeking His purpose, I will find all the power that I need to fulfill His plan and purpose for my life. This is what it looks like to wait on God. What do you need, Lord? I'm here for you today. It's not about me, it's about you. What can I do? Where can I go? Who can I talk to? Who have you called me to reach today? When you begin to live your life this way, you'll find all the power you need to live for Him. You'll find all the power that you need to reach other people for Him to fulfill His plan and purpose for your life we need to wait on Him can I make a confession to you today is that alright I'm going to spill the beans I grew up in a Pentecostal church I am a Pentecostal in my background and the emphasis of the baptism and the Holy Spirit in the Pentecostal church was the evidence of praying with other tongues I believe in praying in other tongues I am a tongue talker right? I am I try to pray in tongues as much as I possibly can But you see, I know lots of tongue talkers who live powerless lives. The evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not just the ability to pray with other languages, it's the ability to walk in the power of God. And if all you got was tongues, but you got no power, you got robbed. You got robbed. Because Jesus didn't say, I'm just going to give you a a nice little prayer language. I want to give you power. I want to give your life power. I want to give your life meaning. I want to give your life purpose. And that, my friends, only comes as we seek him, wait on him, and seek his purpose for our life. Yes, you have a promise of power. The pathway is pursuit, but it's not the pursuit of his power, it's the pursuit of his person and his purpose in your life. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church online podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more information about Victory Church or to give online, visit victorychurchgf.com. Have a blessed week.